Really Charlie podcast. A weekly show with the one person to make you say, Really Charlie? On the Really Charlie podcast. Tune in. Welcome to the Really Charlie Podcast. Today I'm joined by Mike Samayo and Dr. Russell Ramos. He wishes. Listen, guy's got a new role. He's going to be doing new things. And he's a doctor. Looks like a doctor. There's funny glasses on, you know. But down on the bottom is Russell Ramos, my longtime friend. And Michael Samayo is up top in the penthouse with me and uh i am glad to have these two on my podcast for one they're interesting interesting conversation um on the podcast and throughout the week when when myself and them are having conversations talking about many many things and uh, that's why i like coming on here with them and uh so we got a few things we're going to do today please chime in comment on the on Anything that you possibly want to, we want to get you involved with this podcast um, because we are only on this podcast for you guys. So please comment if you're viewing um, and address it to me, Russell or Michael. Doesn't matter. Um, and we'll go from there. Russell, Before can you we get see? started, Charlie, can I, can I say one thing? That sure. this, is, this, is, this is sort of an anniversary for you and I. Oh yeah, uh, it's it's well. It was you know the Jimmy Colbert uh, podcast we did was a couple of weeks ago, a year ago, um, nice. and right prior to that was the podcast we did with Ronnie and Derek and Scott. Um, so um, I, I get all these the, the Facebook memories coming to me all week, and I you know I, I sort of I saw this earlier today as sort of a reminder that this is sort of our anniversary of getting introduced online. We were communicating as we as we talked prior to that, mm-hmm. you know. Um, on demand and some um, some instant message stuff, um, so yeah, it's a it's a bit of an anniversary for us. That's very nice, you know. Um, you know, I, I tell you all the time, I'm very happy that I met you, and um, and I know that uh, you and I are going to be lifetime friends, um, only because you know the type of guy I like being around, that I like type of guy I like listening to. So uh, let's keep this friendship going. I was trying. I was trying to describe this to a client the other day. Our relationship, mm-hmm. and um, I got right to the point about it as far as where we were and how we met and and how it, um, you know, how we crossed paths, you know, over time and from the same area, know a lot of the same people, same situations, and um, they were shaking their head back at me like, "Well, how? So you have this continued relationship?" I said, "I do." I said, "We we we hit upon the same type of um, thoughts and feelings on certain things." I said, "You know," I said, "Charlie's a genuine guy." I said, so it's, it's it made it very easy to get to know him, um, and especially it's just virtual, right? Because we've not been yeah. in the same space yet. 
Yeah, um, and we, hopefully, hopefully that tried. changes. Yeah, <laughs> hopefully yeah, that tried. changes. Um, I, I'd like to, I'd like to, ch- I'd like to take care of that bucket list piece. I mean, check a box before the turn of the year, because uh, yeah. that would be very, very nice. And Russell, I'll include you in that also. Um, um, so yeah, it's been, um, it's been very cool, kind of going through this with different people that I've come across, and and and, and when I've talked about the podcast that I've been part of, and and the book, and all this other stuff. And, um, and their eyes kind of light up, too, when they hear this, like, oh, this is pretty interesting. And how did this happen? And I'm sure mm-hmm. I'm not the only one that's happened to with all the restrictions that have come about because of uh, because of COVID. Um, but that's my, it's personal for me. So it's very nice. Yeah. And it's, it's it's been very great getting to know you and, and communicate with you and, and, and being part of your life. That's been very, very nice. Right back at you, brother. I appreciate you so much. You know, it's uh uh, it's endless. I could talk about you all day. So, but um, keep up the good work. Keep up our friendship. Maintain this communication because uh, you know I need you, brother. I need you in my life. <laughs> I need it. Need good, good, good people in my circle. You know. I agree um, with that absolutely. Yeah, that's 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 again that's something that you you don't take for granted, right? Because it's it's hard to come by. Um, and especially again with the restrictions that have been out there and not being able to be around people as much as we were accustomed to. Um, yeah, it's been a great comfort to, um, get to know you and get introduced to you and, you know, the, the people that are around you who are now part of my circle. Um, True. so that's been very nice. Um, I, I want both of you, if you can, um, go on your Facebook pages and, uh, share this podcast, take sure. it from, uh, you know, my, my page and to share it that way we can broaden the audience a little bit and uh, people that you have on your friends list and Russell has and can extend it. Russell, please stop clicking. I know you got like 10 tabs on you your said browser. You said share, so my stuff is Listen, always... You, you probably, Michael, he drives us crazy at the radio station. Sure. He's got like it, it, he needs a 55-inch TV for all the tabs that he has in the browser, you know? Hey, that's for you. It's your doorbell in your condo, Russell. Did you hear that? Somebody, Somebody's always ringing this door. And you know why they're ringing? Because they want me to play that piano in the back. And I no. just don't do that all the time. You know, they, want no, me to play. You. they hear me playing it in the neighborhood, and they're like, well, can Russ play today? And I'm, I'm not oh, doing that. If you stop playing the piano, that means you're going to sing, and uh, we don't want that. So, you Russell, like, playing the piano, a doctor, all this stuff I had no idea about. All this stuff is being revealed today, which was which is brand new for well, me. Charlie doesn't he doesn't share these things. He wants you to share, but he doesn't want you to share the stuff that's important, things that uh, mean a lot. Yeah, yeah. But guys... We have a lot of things we want to talk about, and I was looking on YouTube today, and I was noticing the mayor of Boston wants to get rid of fossil fossil fuel and, and, and not use that. Well, he must be a Democrat. And I, I the first thing i had when i saw that is i was thinking well is well, that it's she it's michelle it's michelle, yeah, michelle. So it's a female. yes yeah. yeah mayor wu, wu so yeah, so, so so i was thinking 
I was thinking that it was like had to do with safety, but it had nothing to do with really, really safety. It had to do with just getting rid of fossil fuels, you know, uh, just contributing to the pollution in society. But I, I, I always had this question about how, and I know of a building complex that still uses natural gas. And I was thinking how, how dangerous sometimes natural gas, you know, there was some comments online that said the natural gas is safe despite the generalization that anxiety that some people have around open flame, you know, they, they say, talk about your landlord. There were some tips on how, and I thought this was so important because I love doing the PSAs at the radio station. There's tips on if you do have, if you do live in a building where they use natural gas and you have a pilot and you got to turn it on. I remember when I was a kid, uh, we had a gas man come over the house and um, he went in the cellar with my father, and I guess they lit something wrong, and the whole cellar blew up. And man, it was a huge explosion. I went down, and both of them were on the, they were both on the ground. So I'm just going to go through this real quick, just to run it down. So it's really important because, and I mentioned again in the winter time, uh, low people who just don't have them, and right now where every everyone's struggling far, far as funds. Some people have actually in the past used their gas stoves to heat their houses you know, open the stove and heat the house. And, you know, if that goes out and that gas is just coming out, you know, gas has always had this smell that if you could smell, they put it in there purposely. So you could say, look, I smell gas. You smell it on the street, whatever you report it. So it says here, never try to light a pilot light or work on natural gas powered appliance yourself. Leave all the maintenance on water heaters, wall heaters, heating units to certified professionals. Don't do it yourself. This is important. The pilot light should always burn blue. If a yellow or orange flame is present, this is where people don't get it. They get this confused. Remember what it says. A light should always burn blue. If it's yellow or orange flame, alert your landlord and the gas company immediately. This may be a sign of needed maintenance or other problems with the unit. I thought that was so important. Ask your technician to check the temperature of the water heater. It's important to check the temperature. We don't think of it, but I know when I moved in my apartment, I, 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 I found on some occasions where the heat was just not, it wasn't as high as was it was supposed to be. The heat wasn't correctly. It says here, natural gas powered heaters should be kept at comfortable 120. By the way, I don't have, a, 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 I'm not using natural gas, but if I was. So it says here, keep at a comfortable 120 degree Fahrenheit, any higher and you risk burns, particularly for children and elderly. I know I've been in some situations in buildings where the water was just too hot. You put your hands on it, you could burn. So let me just, I got one more to go here. Keep the area around any natural gas units clean of furniture, debris, inflammable material. Regularly clean the lint trap in your dryer. Now I have a black and decker vacuum cleaner. I go around the house. My wife will tell you, I drive her crazy with that. I vacuum up lint all the time. It's been the best thing I ever had. I see lint. It's in the wrong place. I'm vacuuming it up. So they're telling you that possibly now. And I also know in some apartment complexes, folks, this is really important. If you go and you have dryers in your house and it has that lint, everyone who uses the dryer should respectfully remove the lint from the catch. There's a catch that catches the lint. Clean it out. Don't just let it sit in there because if it accumulates, and if you look at a dryer in the back, it has a, a funnel that goes right up. Sometimes they go up, they go to the side, whatever. That funnel 
can, if you don't clean the lint out, can become clogged with lint. And I saw one one time in a building catch on fire. And if it does catch on fire, it catches fast because remember it's lint. So one final one says, make check your, your, your dryer. Never use a non-heater device like a stove to heat your home. Remember I told you about that? I got to yep. be honest with you. I remember years ago in the dead of the winter, it was so cold in my apartment. I turned that heater on, opened it up, and let that heater run. That was dangerous. Consider installing carbon monoxide detectors in your home. I got one in this apartment. Ask your landlord if you don't have one. Check that in the landlord supplied fire extinguishers. I got a fire extinguisher in my kitchen. I got fire extinguishers everywhere. I got a fire extinguisher in my car. And remember, and I'm not going to go into detail because Charlie knows better with this, but certain certain fire extinguishers uh, for grease and things and some fire extinguishers or for if you, someone was in a fire and you needed to spray, you wouldn't hurt them by spraying the chemical on them. And Charlie knows a little bit more about that because he was in safety. So... Um, and, and finally, don't don't hesitate to alert your landlord if anything about your natural gas service seems off. If you know it's off, and I think the first one on the top of the page I mentioned about the blue light versus the yellow and orange. If it's yellow and orange, there's something wrong with it. So I just, I just saw that, and I thought it would be good to 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 put that out. And I'm going to try to set that up as public service announcement on the radio station uh, to include it. Good. Um. You know, Russell, you, you just took over, you know. We, me and Michael discussed what we were going to do. And you just took over. And, you know, that's why I say, really, Charlie? Uh, or really, Russell? You know? <laughs> but, um, Russell, I, I, I'm going to start off with some questions. And um, that's some good information. Because um, a lot of times, tenants have these dryers and um in their home that's put in there by the landlord and so what they do is they use the dryers but they don't think they really have to clean them you know and, uh, they may just do kind of half step the cleaning with the lint um with the vents and all that and then all of a sudden something tragic happens you know and uh mm-hmm. And all it was is what you talked about, just cleaning it out, you know? Mm-hmm. So, all right, Russell. Russell, Michael, I have some questions for you. You know, it's kind of icebreaker. We already broke the ice. But, um, Russell, if you, if you were a pro-lifer and you went to Super 7-Eleven, and bought a package of condoms. Is that abortion? Oh man, I'm gonna skip that question, man. That's that's too deep. I'm not gonna even. I, I'm gonna skip that, Charlie. Because let me cross want, that right off of my you, Charlie. You, you, you want to plead the fifth? Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna. Yes, yes. Ho- hold on, I gotta call my uncle and ask him if it's a. If, have, if he can, I plead the fifth. He said that I can have, plead the fifth. Um, have you ever been to a store like that and bought condoms? Um, I'm so that's so far far long time ago with me. I don't know about Mike as a younger man. I don't I don't even remember I don't even remember those things. The word doesn't even ring a bell in my head. I don't I don't remember any of that stuff. You sure? Is um, Michelle here? Where's Michelle, man? I need Michelle, to to Michelle's her. in the other room, you know. I need to I need to speak. See, I'm crossing that one off of the list. 
All right. <laughs> Uh-oh. So Russell, so, so, Russell, the over and under on that question was that we weren't sure you were going to answer it. And then yeah. my, my observation was you were just going to exit. You weren't going to be around for the rest of the podcast. Yeah. Oh, I just – yeah, I just exit out. I don't. You got. You don't. You, what you have to understand is that when Charlie asks questions, you don't always have to have an answer for him. You can just say, "I don't." I don't, I don't. Like, so let's go to the next one. You, you have the right to remain silent, right? <laughs> All right. This question's for uh, this question's from Michael. Um, what what's the color of money? The color of money. Mm-hmm. Aside from the obvious, um, I think for me, I'm not sure what the answer is. Is it white? All right. Well, I'm gonna. Uh, this is what um. It's this is what it says. It said this might sound like a trick question or related to monopoly. But in actuality, it's a good gauge for whether your candidate, which is you, Michael, has a well-rounded view of the economy. Um, It says, to its financial candidates, you might be expecting the color green to be the right answer. You'll actually actually want your candidate to say it depends on the country, which is so true. Mm -hmm. Now you think about it, you know, you get money all over the world and it is different colors. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, a good, that is a good question. So, There's a lot of Canada. So, if you ever seen Canadian money. Mm-hmm. So, all right. I really, I, I really, I was pulling for you, Michael. Um, I had, I, I, I knew you were going to come up with something because I remember when you talked about the tennis ball being fuzzy and uh, yep. And then about why a man whole cover is round, and came up with some great answers. You know? So, well, yeah, it's interesting because the, the the green aspect of money, I'm not really sure. Is there really any green there? I'm not really sure where that came from, as far as it being a greenback and all of that. Because I always was under the impression that it was more, you know, had for me it was had some gray into it. And it yeah. had more gray and white than it did have that had green because I looked at green as sort of it was like an aged, like almost like an aged document that would have some brown into it, it would, on the edges potentially. And I never associated money with green uh, for mm-hmm. me, anyways. I always associated it with a different color and a, and a different different viewpoint of it. Understandable, I agree. Um, Russell. If you had to be shipwrecked, shipwrecked on a deserted island with all your human needs, such as food and water, were taken care of, what two items would you want to have with you? So all your, such as food and water, were taken care of, but what two items would you like to have with you? Well, first of all, having all those things on the island, I wouldn't call myself shipwrecked, but, you know, to answer the question, what two, you know, the obvious would be Wilson. You know, you'd need to have Wilson. Wilson? Uh, yes. You you would actually steal, Yes, you'd, you'd need you Wilson. You would steal Tom Hanks' ball. Hey, man, you, know, you, you need you would, Wilson. What, what, what's wrong with you, you know? 
That's, Wilson, that's, you need Wilson, man. That's a you can't Grammy you cannot be standing on an island without Wilson. All right, is it Graham? No, it's Oscar. Right, that's an Oscar winning. Wilson, ball. you need you yeah. gotta have Wilson, man. Right, Michael. Michael agrees with this, right, Michael? You're a ball player. You gotta have Wilson. Did you see? Yeah, but long... I would I would have I would I would have other primary needs besides Wilson. All right, so. All right you want to see? Yeah, the second one. Second one. So, Michelle, I don't know. Michelle, I'm telling Nona right now. <laughs> What's wrong with Michelle? You, you know what? <laughs> he's going to cut the broadcast off. <laughs> hey, he deserved that, man, because he's always messing with me, man. He says, like, pick on him. Anyways, I, 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 I better say the right, the right answer would be my wife because if I say anything other, you know, I got to have Wilson and my wife. So when I don't want to talk to my wife, I talk to Wilson. Mm -hmm. What kind of conversation would you have with Wilson? What kind of conversation? I <laughs> What kind of conversation I'd have with Wilson? Yeah. I'd say, Wilson, how the heck did we get here? What did you do? Did you press the wrong button in the plane? Why are we? Why have we crashed, Wilson? This is your fault. You're going to be deflated in a minute. Now, what would you do with Wilson if he had an affair with Mrs. Reynolds? <sighs> That's a high question. Let me see, Wilson. That's an entirely different movie, Charlie. By the way. <laughs> It, I got him. I got him so good on the other one. He's, he's, no, he's, you he's can, just look you at his his mind. You don't know Charlie. Charlie's mind's going. Uh, what would I do? I don't. I don't know, man. I I wouldn't kick Wilson off. That'd be crazy. Because if uh, I kick Wilson off, right, yeah. I would be with just my wife. So mm -hmm. it's like the it's like the thing with the chicken in the boat in the chicken feed, right? Which one would you Which one would you get rid of first? Would you get rid of Wilson first? If you send Wilson out, you're only going to have your wife to talk to. You know what that's like, right? So if you send out um, your wife and you're going to be alone with Wilson, Wilson's just going to have a lot of air, right? He's just a lot of air. That's all Wilson's going to have is air. So so you're going to have anybody to talk to, but you're just going to have Wilson. Is, is that a good answer or what? Yeah, it is. Michael's it is. turn. It's, it's interesting. I'm not really sure if it's a good answer. It's an interesting yeah. answer, but... <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Let's see. I got. I'm gonna have two questions for both of you. This one's from Michael. Um, <laughs> He's doing shock on that Michelle yeah. thing. He doesn't know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> Michael, how much do you charge to wash every window in Seattle? How much do I? How much would you charge to wash every window in Seattle? <laughs> There's no amount that I could come up with to tell you how much I would charge for each window. I, one, I would need to know how many windows, right? I need to know. I need to know the equation, right? How many windows? How much time do I? How much effort um, that goes against this? Um, I have no idea what I would charge. Um, it's I, I I'd have to do more research to figure out what I would actually charge. It's a, it's an infinite it's an infinite number at this point. Right. Uh, suggested answer would be, well, let's say Seattle consists of ten thousand city blocks. 
with 1,000 windows per block. That's 10 million windows. If I charge $5 per window, I make $50 million. Mm. So, well, it's, I mean, that's a little unfair. They gave you numbers. They already had numbers. I mean, yeah, I'm pretty I, sure. you could come up with numbers, right? And, and, sure. and figure out, you know, say, hey, I, I just want to make $2 million, you know, sure. um, whatever. So, right. let's see. The last question for Russell. And I'll give Michael. Michael, I mean, yeah, Mike, did I ask you twice two questions already? Yes. All right. All right. All right. So we'll leave this last question for Russell. Um, Russell, design, design, design a spice rack for the blinds. A spike, a spice rack for the blind. Blind. Yep. Hmm. You know, I got to take this really serious because I have really spent a lot of time thinking about how how to help people who are blind and 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 I won't share with you, but I have I have an idea that I'm actually working on on paper about helping someone who's blind. But um wow, that is that is such a uh, it hits me, it hits me right in, right in the head here, what you're asking me, because I've done a lot of thought about, I have a lot of thought about that. All right. Um, I won't share it with you right now the, because uh, I, 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 I'm trying I, to keep that. I'm trying to keep that idea on the wraps, but I think uh, it's very I, important. I, I understand. Can uh, I, can I, can see. I follow up on that real quick? Sure, go ahead. So Russell, when you're trying to develop whatever you're trying to develop, um, not to uncover any sort of uh, IP at this point. Um, are you looking at involving the other senses when you're trying to develop that? Uh, no, no, no. It's a little no. bit different, but okay. but uh, yeah, it's a little bit. You know, it's a little bit different. I I, I think I'd I'd want to not reveal everything to that right now, but okay. um, yeah. Okay. But thank you for homing in on it. All right. Well, all right, guys. So what I want you to do is take a few seconds and we're gonna we're gonna have we're gonna turn this podcast over to you guys. I don't know who wants to go first, but what I wanna do is uh, I'm gonna put this commercial in here. So I'm gonna remove you from the screen here momentarily. But just think about some things you want to talk about. And uh, we'll go from there. All right. Sounds good. Let's see. It's the Really Charlie Podcast, a weekly show with the one person to make you say, Really, Charlie? On the Really Charlie Podcast. Tune in. It's the Really Charlie Podcast. Making memories last. Your time, my time, we all shine. On the Really Charlie Podcast.
All right, everyone. Um, got a comment here from Stephen Avila. He said, "I used to." He said, "I used to work at all clean windows and very little money, but if you have a lot of accounts, you can make good money." Yeah, I could imagine. You know, my good friend there, Stephen. How you doing? Thanks for joining us. Appreciate you. Um, all right, who, who wants to go first? Talk about anything? You know. Uh, Russell, I know you went earlier, so you want to... Yeah, I'll let uh, Michael, Michael. Michael, you can get right in there and take your time. Sure. Um, so one of the things that um, I think I may have forwarded to yourself and Charlie <clears throat> was something I came across um, online the past, in this past week, which was this redetermination or recalculation of how your own eyes will determine color. So there's been a, a redo as far as how the math works and how the geometry works um, up against how your eyes will perceive color, which I thought was pretty cool that, you know, there's this research that's going on about this particular topic, which, you know, not having any idea what's really taking place on that particular line of, of detail. But when you look at the details of this and you look at the information that's coming through about how they misjudged what was taking place and how your eyes perceive would perceive color and what they're trying to do with that and redetermine that equation, right? Equation from the geometry side and then from just the calculus itself. So Charlie has a, uh, a quick YouTube. Charlie, could you play that? Yep. Which kind of goes into as far as what's really taking place. Test the volume, yeah. Go to the beginning here. Yeah, it's a quick video. It's not playing for Hmm. some reason. volume and I can hear you but the volume not going over I'm gonna look for it on YouTube okay other than what I did is I took it from that link yeah exactly so let me, let me try to do something there. so anyways I just thought it was a cool aspect that was really taking place when looking at the anatomy side of things and how your body actually functions mm-hmm. and how it actually perceives certain pieces of information and how it'll process that. And, you know, again, we I mentioned earlier, Russell, about, you know, using your senses and, and, and how they are so how they are so sensitive to certain things and how it your your body and your brain will interpret certain pieces of information. Um, and you make decisions based on that and how it feed how that's the feedback into your brain. Um, so I thought that was pretty cool that there is this actually research going on and how, you know, admittedly they've come forward and said, it's a century-old theory that they're redoing, that they're going back and looking at. Um, so, again, I happened to stumble across this the other night when I was just, you know, looking through Twitter and looking through just different uh, social media 
um, feeds. And um, I thought it was very, very interesting. Yeah, it's, um, I think I got it. get the correct title. Amazing that um, you know, all these different things that are coming up, and uh, and it's all it's it seems like it's converting back to some old ways of teaching, and um, uh, and I just noticed you know today that MCAS is changing a lot of requirements again um, for these four high school students. I mean, I never really had a problem taking tests, so those things never intimidated me at all. Um, however, you know, coming from uh, and working around some students that did struggle with tests, however, they are very, very intelligent. You know, this standardized testing is um, is really something that um, I don't like too much. You know, um, I like that one-on-one -on -one with teachers, but nowadays, you know, no teacher can really be one-on-one -on -one because they don't have enough time, and they're drastically underpaid. Um, I never really understood, uh, I never really, I always said, wow, teacher, you know, they get a good job, they get a lot of time off, you know, but I didn't realize how many hours that they constantly work, you know, some of them are not going straight home, um, you know, so, but I, I like that old teacher that used to kind of keep you after school and, uh, and work with you one-on-one, -on -one, try to get you caught up with, um, with uh, you know, your classwork so you can kind of mm -hmm. move on and move forward in class. You know, we had many of those teachers in the South End of the City mm -hmm. um, that would do those things. You know, for one is uh, a dear person, uh, Russell and I, was uh, Mrs. Santos, you know, uh, mm -hmm. you know and uh, her and her funny husband, Fudgy, you know, Used to Amelia's uh, father and mother, you know, they they were really um, they were really inspiration inspirational. She was a teacher's age, so she really kind of took on a lot of us kids in the neighborhood. Um, yeah, but uh, Michael, I'm sorry that that I'm having a problem with that video. So um, okay, and uh, I don't want to keep everybody in delay, but i'm gonna i'm gonna actually share that on, on this on the podcast on the page on facebook um only because i do like that um so the title is math era found in foundation of century-old color theory mm. um, it's, it is interesting I, I like those kind of brain teasers i like um getting into different things that uh, i may have forgotten or or oh, really experience. So, yeah. mm -hmm. you know, I, I, I want to, you know, when it comes to education, I mean, I think of um, my road of, you know, going from a young person to an adult and, and, and what I kind of believe now is I, I'm really, I'm really for self education. I mean, I wish there was a way, and you talked about this testing thing um, that you could become self study where if we had, centers and places where they were libraries or places where you could go and you can study and then based on what you you've reviewed you go back 
and you 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 I would I don't even want to call it testing. You go to, you go through what you've repetitively viewed and you get those answers or or those things that you you've been you've been waiting for and you get you 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 document them that you've done these things and then you walk out with a certificate. So if a student is not the type of person who wants to go to school every day and sit in the classroom, then they have uh, an alternative. They can take on a a, 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 a year a year's uh, school length um, where they have they Russell, have to be res- they have to be responsible. Can you hear me now? I'm gonna text on Michael. Michael, can you hear me? I can, can you yep, hear me. I'm good. Yep. You can hear me, right? Yes. Charlie? I don't think Charlie can hear me. Mike. Michael, you can hear me, right? Um, yeah, I'm good. Can you hear me, Charlie? Can you hear? I think he lost his audio. Yeah, I think he lost his audio. We'll wait. We'll wait for him to come back. See what's happened to him. Michael. Okay, so he's going to try to come back in. So what I was I was finishing saying is about self-studying and having alternatives so that uh, a person who are you are you back Charlie, can you hear? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so the the what I was going on about is being self-studied and I don't know if you remember or caught anything I said. I was saying how yeah, if we only, if, if we had centers or places where someone who didn't want to go to school full-time could take on the responsibility of of covering so much information over uh, a school years period where they where they walk into a center where they where I'll, I'll give an example years ago when I went to BCC I had a class in chemistry and there was no teacher there which was totally shocking you know but there was there were no instructor it was a chemistry class and we walked in and we had a a, a, a folder. And you would be required to read this folder and you and, and follow the instructions of what was going on for that semester. You had to go in so many times, sign in, you had to prove, and someone would go back later and check to see if you actually showed up and you'd have you'd be responsible. And I, I mean it was the most wonderful feeling knowing that I could walk into this studio. I felt like a a professional, you know. I had the smock that you'd put on and you'd walk up and open this booklet. And you would go in and you say, they tell you, you're going to go over to this counter. You're going to take out this little vial. You would, you would put this down. And Joshua Davis saying, I believe in knowledge and key, but who are teaching our children. Exactly. So you, you know, you would, you would learn, you'd have to go step by step over that semester by yourself, which really made you feel, it empowered you. You felt, you felt like you really wanted to learn it because it was there for you to to go step by step, and if you could follow step by step, you could get through that class, which I, which I did uh, pretty successfully. I enjoyed it. I did get to the point where, when it got to the math, and then they started getting into some really detailed stuff. It was a little bit of a struggle, and I guess it would have been good to have a tutor on the side, or or what you have all the all the tools you have now. You can go online and watch. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Khan Academy. Do you know Khan mm-hmm. Academy? Yes. Okay, so Khan Academy is amazing tool for all of us, not just, you know, for students, young people, it's for adults. We can go on it. Sometimes I go on a Khan Academy and I'll watch um, something to do with engineering and I'll sit back and look at it and go, wow, I understand that. I didn't understand that back in the day when I was in high school, you know, back, 
back in uh, 76 or something like that, when we, were ha- when we had math teachers, they were putting up space math, okay, which was the algebra, the geometry. They were putting this math on the boards, and they were saying, okay, cross this out and drop this and put it in the parentheses, but they weren't really, Charlie's going to come back in, they weren't really showing us that this math could be applied to something three-dimensional. You know, you can apply it. Khan Academy does that. He, he'll he give a drawing. He'll say, look, here's a car. A car goes at a certain speed. It bangs into another car. And then he and then he matches it. He matches that with, with the math. So you're seeing what's going on. So if you're looking at algebra, like I always used to say, algebra is something that you could go to a grocery store, bring your students to, and teach algebra in a grocery store. Everything in a grocery store is about algebra. If you go into one of the historical buildings and you look at all the architect, everything in there is geometry. Bring your students to a building where all this geometry is, and you can point it out and say, "Look, this angle, that angle." You know, they weren't they weren't showing it that way. You know, I worked at a, I work at a school where some some students. Can you still hear me, Charlie? Charlie, Charlie seems to be free. Michael. Are you there? I'm here. Yep. So so in this school, we designed a parachute. Okay, we made a huge parachute. And the question was, how much volume of air, if we moved that parachute and started running with it, how could we measure that? So we came up with the idea, let's get a fish hook, a fishing, a fishing uh, measurement. Um, You know, they have the scale that, that you can measure on. So what we did was we ran with the parachute and we marked how much pressure or how much air, how much weight. You know how much how much weight was was be, uh, was in that in that parachute. Brought it back to the classroom. Teacher wrote it on the board, and and we figured out how much volume of air was in that parachute that we were dragging along. That made it that made it interesting. So the kids, the students, they loved it. You know, they said, "Wow, this is interesting." You got to make it interesting like that. You got to relate it to something. You get you know whether it's that car accident or that rocket that's taking off, or 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 somebody on skates. You know, how much push does it take to push out on each side and then put it in a formula? But if you're just putting numbers on a board, you know, they're not going to be that interested. And I take a lot of this from, you know, my background. My father was a graphics artist and I used to always see him put things together. So if you if you teach in a way that's three dimensional and related to the numbers, it becomes something that you remember. You know, I I, I absolutely agree with that, that the 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 thought process in the process itself of teaching and with real life applications goes a long way. Um, if you can see it and then it starts to process in your in process through your brain, it becomes, that's how you, you know, I, that's how I learn. You know, I need to see things, you know, I'm, I'm very much hands-on and on my business side. And you mentioned these, these self-learning tools that exist now. Um, they're quite prevalent. They're everywhere. Yeah. And mm-hmm. um, so I do, you know, I, I, I can really appreciate that because I can see people in my industry going through this and trying to change careers and um, looking for tools on how to do these certain things. And yeah, it's all available right now. A lot of it's mm-hmm. free. You know, you don't have to mm-hmm. pay anything at this point for it. Um, it's a foundation you start to build upon, but it's up against real life applications and real life topics where you can actually place yourself in those situations and work your way through it. Um, mm-hmm. And then that becomes real to you. Um, as you go forward. And that's another, you know, trying to readjust your brain and how you visualize or how you actually interpret information and then how you and how you can actually 
absorb that and take it in. Um, so I think mm -hmm. that goes a long way away from the fact of the standardized way of teaching. Um, that there seems to be this movement for, with more of a creative side away from sort of what we all experienced when we were growing up and um, mm -hmm. those challenges that existed with that and what it comes out at the end, what does it really mean? Where does it right. really put you? Aside from right. the fact of it's just, as you said, Russell, it's a number that goes in a box someplace that is making a judgment upon your ability to learn mm -hmm. and moving to the next stage. If it's through high school or if it's going to college, that gets to be very, very challenging for individuals who learn differently, right? They come yep. from, culturally, they come from a different place. Yep. Um, their, their school systems may not be as robust as mine, for example. But, you know, you all, the challenge is trying to find those attributes so you can teach individuals. You mm -hmm. can teach in mass where it becomes, it comes, where you're able to actually create that situation where students, men and women, start to learn how to critically think. And I think that's mm -hmm. really important. Mm -hmm. and, and you mentioned that, that, Charlie, are you there? Charlie? Okay, so something going on with, with this audio. So I wanted to mention, um, you know, with, with all the open, they have open, what do you call open courseware. MIT has an excellent program mm -hmm. on there. MIT, you can go on, you can actually earn a certificate. So, it, you know, they look, sometimes they ask for it. If you have a donation, you can donate, but it's a really great program. So you can go on there and, and take courses in chemistry. You can take so many different courses and things. It's so open for, for, for us to learn so much. All we do, we have to do is try to find the time. For me, it's trying to find the time to do these kind of things. And man, I'm telling you, I, 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 I just wish I could, you know, I think I'm going to be pushed. I'm, I'm a life, lifetime student. I don't care. It's going to take me whenever I'll be 100 years old. I'll still go to a class. But I remember the last time I went back to school, and I went back to school after many years of not being able to, uh, you know, finish off a couple of courses. And I loved it as an adult. I loved it, loved it, loved it. I, you know, I, 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 I think I was a lot more mature to deal with it. I wasn't. I used to spend a lot of time at the radio station when I was in school. I should have spent less time. Well, I, you know, I, I trained to do news and stuff like that. But I think, I think that, I think what I'd like to, if I could do school all over again, I'd be an engineer. That's what I'd like to do is, is go into engineering. I, I really like that. So I, I think I'm going to be spending a lot more, a lot more time uh, trying to learn the stuff that I didn't get back in the day. It was safe space. I'll take time to say hello to a couple of people. Roger, Al's, uh, Reggie. Reggie, nice to see you, have you on. Guys, you got to be patient with us. Right now, we're just – Charlie's trying to get back on. I think something had happened to uh, his audio. So Michael and I are just steering the ship uh, as we can, and, and, I, and I'm sure we're going to do a good job steering the ship in the right direction. Michael, did you want to add to that? Um, yeah, well, I, what I would like to do is follow up with what we, we discussed briefly earlier, um, some of the topics that you had you wanted to discuss so that we could absolutely kind of forward. Let's, why don't we do that? Okay, I definitely want to talk about uh, uh, the basketball player, Brittany uh, uh, Griner. I want, I want to see what you, what you think about that. And, you know, the situation right now, it looks like this, it could be a possible, tr possible trade. Is it going to be a possible, is it going to be a trade? And let's go right down to the basics. Let's go to the basics of her actually um, go, 
going in the airport, getting to the part where she has to give her baggage up, and all of a sudden, bingo, something something pops up. What went into your head, honestly, what you thought about that in in you know, could it have been prevented or was she was she just not being I know that I know that plenty of times when I ever got on a plane, I'd make sure, you know, you're not you're not carrying something on uh, the plane. I remember one time I went on a plane, I had too much weight in my bag and there was some sneakers on there. It was just a, it was just a pair of sneakers that was holding in my check-in when I was at the counter. And they were nice sneakers and I just turned around and I just had to take the sneakers and throw them in the garbage. It was oh, kind oh. of, you know, it was a sad, it was a sad scenario and I'm not really a big sneaker guy, but I was like, if I got to get on this plane, I got to get rid of the sneakers because I'm going over the weight. You know, there's certain things that you just got to be aware of especially when you're 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 in another country you're another I've been to Canada you got to be careful we went there as, as students on a bus uh one of our students um you're not supposed to bring fruit over the borderline and one of the when when the customs came on to check check the bus one of the students had fruit with them and it just caused this big ruckus thing you know everybody had to get checked you're not supposed to bring fruit over the line and you know there's certain things that if they tell you not to do, you got to really pay attention to. But what is your opinion of this? So I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm a little bit lacking because I don't think you and I or the rest of the world have really know the full story. I don't think mm-hmm. we know really the, 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 the nuts and bolts of what her intentions were. I know what her intentions were was to get out of that country because of what was taking place with Ukraine. And all the Americans Absolutely. were told to, to leave. Um, but I don't know the situation of what she packed. Did she pack it by accident? Was it something that was there or not there? But so there's a, a it's a it's a it's a bit of an odd situation of trying to understand what's really what took place initially. Um, but I do know that in, in my in reading further about this potential exchange with other prisoners that we have that that the Soviet Union would like. It's very strange when you when you go deep on this and you start to understand uh, the motivations from our country and other countries in the world and what their stance is and what their philosophy is. So we follow, and this is me reading, this is, you know, again, I'm, I'm just quoting back. We follow what the Israelis do, right? If there is an Israeli prisoner someplace, they will move heaven and earth to get that person back. And we do the same. So when we when you read about and you listen to what's taking place as far as those other prisoners that we have that we have up for exchange with her, it doesn't line up because some mm-hmm. of the, the 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 people that we're talking about exchanging have done some pretty horrible things, and they yeah. don't it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't match, and I don't think that you can, we can look at it as a match, right? If we're if we're taking the position as a country that we want all Americans back from wherever they are, whatever country it is, and we're going to exchange whatever we can, then that subject and that sensitivity goes away quickly. Um, So I think that's where people get a little upset about, well, we're going to exchange this person for that person. It's a minor thing. But in that country of where she's being held, there's a situation of being manipulated with information and manipulated further down the line if it extends, right? If her her stay there extends. So... um, I do think that something will happen. Unfortunately, you know, the way the world is is positioned on, at, with different things right now and the war within in Ukraine and what's really taking place there, you almost have to catch them on a good day where, you know, they're not so upset with what we're doing as far as support there um, and try to maneuver this as quickly as we can. I, 
because the longer it takes, the longer the longer it probably doesn't happen. So it has to happen soon, I believe, um, for all of it to really kind of fall into line and get her back. And there's others there, right? There's another prisoner that's there that's part of this negotiation. There's another prisoner that I read about earlier today in Syria that we're trying to negotiate with. And diplomatically, that's really tough to do. But that's where yeah. this is going to lie. It's not going to lie on removing sanctions and all of that. I don't believe it's going to be purely on the diplomatic side mm-hmm. and trying to get someone on the other side to, to listen and try to move it forward and get it done. Right. So the guy that they were mentioning was the, uh, they called him the merchant of death. And his name was Vic, Victor Bout. Uh, 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 he was a, uh, an arms dealer. And I guess okay. they wanted to see if they could get him back. But I wanted to I wanted to talk about something else. Charlie, are you there? Yeah. I wanted to talk about, and, and, and Charlie, you got to pop in because you've been out for a while. I know you were running around the block or I don't know, something like that. Well, I, listen, I heard what you said about, you know, uh, with some with self-teaching and, and – and Okay. I, 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 I understand that, and I, I think all that would always lead – to a student uh, going to take some kind of a state-sanctioned test. Now, I'm all for learning at home. At home, you know, I met some fabulous people that were taught at home, um, and uh, it's always going to lead back to the state where a child uh, would end up taking a um, some kind of testing, even if it was just a GED, just to get that. Um, that high school diploma so they can move on to uh, a higher education if they choose to. Um, so, you know, home, I love home teaching and stuff like that, but I also want to stress that when it comes to home teaching, um, I honestly believe that, you know, kids have to have some kind of social you know, they got to be a social butterfly somewhere. There's something where they have to have some kind of interaction. Yeah, so I think what, I you, think what you would use is is like intramural yeah. sport, some kind of sport, some kind yeah. of activity. Because I think that when we when we isolate students to learn, learn, and then all they're doing is going to their backyard or into their neighborhood, yeah. I think there should have to be yeah. there I, should be some kind of a curriculum where they can go outside that that that. That spectrum of their home, you know. So, that. Yeah, yeah. So, so Charlie, let me just interject. I think what happened was when we got disconnected, that something was missed there. Um, what I what I was trying to trying to uh, uh, bring up was I think it would be, and I understand we're talking about the social part of it. it. Wouldn't necessarily be home teaching. It would be a center, a center in the community where where whether it was in a library or whether it was in a a. Uh, uh, like we got that Andre McCoy Center in our in our city, a place where someone would go. There would be other students around, but it would you you would be there under your your own engine to go in there and pick off and learn, sit down. Whether it's 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 at a a, a pre- presentation, you're learning a specific thing. You have so much within that year to cover certain things. It's just like the course I was telling you about, which was a a course. Where's the at, accountability at, though? To that is it well the, the count yeah well the accountability is going to be that that you're learning how how to figure things out how to how to figure out problems i'll give you an example of that course that i took years ago at bcc where you walked in the classroom there was no instructor and you had to look 
at a you had to look at a at a at a, uh, a folder which gave you instructional information on how to be in that classroom and what you had to do by by a certain part of the semester you had to follow those steps and if you followed those steps then you would you would get the grade for what you were doing and i found a real there was a feeling of um you know just just empowering yourself to be able to say you know what i can do this in my mind and i and i always tell students when you go to school don't ever disrespect the teacher but when 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 a teacher presents something you have it think of yourself like you're a scientist when you leave that classroom take what they've taught they've they presented you and go out and research it go see if that's if that's if that's going to work see question mm-hmm. it go go and sit down and and study it well our problem was years ago is we would go to school and we depend on only listening you listen to the teacher by the time you leave the classroom at the end of the day that's it everything shut out unless they gave you homework what the teacher should have been doing is saying you know what you're going to be a researcher i'm going to talk to you about this just say like do this in colleges you know you go there and a, and, a, and somebody will get up and lecture and talk about all of the things that you know i had an urban studies class once the professor would got up, got up and started talking about it there was a book included in it but at by the end of the by end of the classroom you were on your own to walk out and go and research that yourself get in depth about it whether you you know you're you're finding finding resources on what this is all about and then come back to the classroom and say you know what and even even at a course in uh, constitutional law like that where the, where a professor would lecture about a lot of cases he'd give us cases in the book that we had and he'd say now I want you to go off and look in that book and find cases that match you know past cases to what's going on now that was exciting i really got excited about that i did really well in the course i had that constitutional law and intro it was intro to law and constitutional law and because the way the teacher or the professor was was presenting it i felt like i was empowered i wasn't just sitting there going what's the answers what's the answers and that's what we did for so long we just dumbfounded everybody and had them come into the classroom and say okay we're going to put something something on the board for you and it, and you're going to take it off you you're going to go out the door from the end of the day with it you got to go on and continue with it you got to grab it like you know you get you got to get that ball and carry it down the field to something else and that's not what was going on I like um I like the comment that Joshua Davis put in there. He says, "I believe, I believe in knowledge is key, but who's teaching our our children?" And one thing I like that would it's one thing I was never I I like school. I didn't mind it. You know, I didn't mind going every day. Um, but the one thing that I did have later on in life and in, in my high school years was I had my dad. And the one thing that I liked with him is he, he was always. There was some other teaching with him, um, and he would add different things to whatever my subject may, whatever the subject may be. Um, you know, say it was just just a lack of a subject. Say it was the thirteen colonies. So now he would actually add to it and and, and start talking about things that happened in the UK and why it produced the thirteen colonies. And then he would go on and and kind of add that to it and add a little twist to it so I can get educated because sometimes across the pond, we wasn't getting that other teaching across the pond other than that they were the bad guys when all actuality, it might've been the good guys, you know? So right. we, um, 
You know, you always try to bring that out. And that's what I like about, you know, take on what, what, what society, what the public is, is giving our children, take that on. Yeah. And a good parent, a good mentor, um, would, would follow along in homework, you know, and, um, and kind of add to their student or their child's education by giving them other things to look into, you know? Yeah. Um, and, uh, well, anyways, I, uh, I want to just let you guys know before we continue that, look, I could stay on this podcast forever. So, but if you have to leave, you have something to do, you know, just go ahead and, and, you know, but I'm, I'm sort of like, uh, I'm like Joe Rogan. I like my guests to continue to talk. I like listening. There's always something that's fascinating, you know, and um, so, you know, I just want to let you know when you want to sign off, go ahead. We've been here an hour. I've been here probably 45 minutes. <laughs> I feel like I've been here 10 minutes. I feel like I've been here 10 minutes, but I wanted to interject what you just said about that. Yeah, it's not cowboys and just cowboys and Indians. I remember growing up as a kid. You know, it was always if they played a movie or something, they always, you know, it was the natives, the cowboys were the good and the Indians were the bad. But we learned as we as we grew up and we went through school and, and visited uh, the Wampanoag Nation and, and met all the wonderful people that were there that, you know, what we were being were being taught was, you know, one sided, one sided deal. It's important to know all sides and introduce. I remember going up to Plymouth Rock one day and a teacher was walking through with his students. And he was showing one of the huts and, and the teacher said, you know, um, what do you think of this? Did you see did you see the houses the pilgrims lived in? And did you see the, the huts that the natives in, lived in? Now, whose whose side would you would you want to be on? And I just looked at him like I said, why? You know, why would you tell your students that? And I mm-hmm. and, and, and it was really not. a And I could see the expressions on their faces is that. They were really disturbed by that. Like, why? And I knew, I think they knew better, uh, you know, not to buy that. But uh, that was a teacher. And Josh is Josh has definitely got a good point when it comes to you got to watch out, you know, who who's a teacher that's teaching because they may have that different sway to things and say, well, yeah, well, whether it's that's why you have to be. And I've always tried to do this when I was even working as a substitute teacher in the school system or any any uh, teaching capacity. I stay neutral. I don't, I don't, if it's something to be taught, it's something to be taught. But when it comes to whether politics or religion or anything else, you have to take a neutral stance. You can't be in front of a classroom saying, you know, George Washington, he was, he was, he was just the hero. You know, there were times George Washington was a pretty, pretty tough guy on his own men. And, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't fooling around. You know, it was, you know, they, oh. they, a lot, a lot of the things that they don't tell you that really happen. Uh, I was just listening. I was just listening to a YouTube uh, 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 production recently about world. You know, uh, it was a, it was actually it was the war in um, uh, it, it was in the Philippines and in and all the Asian islands when, with Japan. And on the on the Japanese side, they would they would take waves and waves of of young young kids, kids like 16, 17 years old you know, running at the American soldiers and the first wave would have guns and the sec- they'd actually set up a second wave and the second wave that would fall wouldn't have guns. And I said, at first I said, what do you mean the second wave didn't have guns? You know why? Because the second wave would pick up the guns on the first wave of all the people that died. They would pick their guns up. 
you know so you there's all these different things that happen that 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 we don't know about that occurred on both sides whether they were atrocities or things that shouldn't have happened really happened and i'll tell you one of the biggest informational things is in a book when you read it in a book and books are sitting there just yelling you know read the truth read the truth and it's there and it's and it's in a book and sometimes when i see a book and i just open it up and my eyes just open like whoa there's the truth right there in a book it's not going to lie to you that book may have been sitting there since 1940 but it's telling you the truth of what really 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 happened so True. like Josh, like Josh said, yes, you know, you do have to be careful. And that's why I always say you have to be so you got to be respectful. I tell students, be respectful when you go in a classroom, but you also have to become your own study scientist. You have to go and look at these things and research it yourself to find out if that subject or what they're presenting to you is one sided. You know, you, you got to have the truth. Okay. I do think, you know, one of the things that I've shared with Charlie and, and, and you, Russell, and anybody that'll listen is that critically thinking is something that you have to kind of grow into. And, you know, I mentioned to Charlie a couple of times through I am about, you know, that I've learned how to be curious and how to find things and understand and try to process and help me develop my knowledge and help me develop how I can speak to it. Um, and that has, that takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of effort. Um, and I do think that's something that's missing today, that, that curiosity, the ability to have people around you that will support critical, critical thinking on any subject. It can be sports. It can be weather. It can be anything, um, politics, religion, and not be afraid to express yourself about that and be in. But the other side of it is finding those sources, finding those reliable, trusted sources that can help you measure what's out there and help you develop your understanding about particular topics, whatever it is. Um, I just finished reading um, the new the, the Jim Thorpe book that came out. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my head's swimming with this stuff. I just, you know, you read about what took place and how all that particular topic and the native american indians and what took place it's hard to read it really yeah. is hard to read and understand that you know there's that level of treatment for that particular group of people um throughout time and 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 trying to translate that to what that particular person went through um and then you you know i i sort of slide away from that a little bit when i'm a little bit overwhelmed trying to digest that and then you go further back into what took place, you know, when the West was being uh, formed and what took place there. And I read something very briefly about Geronimo and what took place with him and being held as a POW, but being trotted out as a symbol at fairs that the United States government was sponsoring. So it's just this stuff that you have to really take a deep breath, reread it, think about it come back to it and try to understand um, the time and the place and what that, unfortunately it does project a lot of what's taking place today in our country and the rest of the world. And that's what I'm referring to about critically thinking, not be, don't be afraid, go find uh, out we, the information, develop your knowledge. Um, hopefully you have someone you can communicate that with and articulate what's really taking place and what you're feeling and what you've observed and 
uh, try to help you with it because some of it's hard to, to go through and try to understand. Um, but I do think, yes, going through and having great teachers, having great resources, those teachers who really turn themselves inside out and trying to help kids. And um, yes, you, everyone has those teachers and has, has those experiences. When I was going through a Kushnet, as I mentioned to you, Charlie, on previous podcasts, you know, that was a relatively young town. And the school system was starting to reflect that. There were a lot of young teachers that I experienced um, that I still have contact with some of them mm -hmm. um, today. And um, so that's been pretty interesting to have those relationships. But I saw how they were developing as teachers, right? So they may have been two or three years in and, you know, they have this just foundation of knowledge and um, you have to kind of rely on those people to try to guide you through different things. And some of it may be curriculum, but some of it might just be as you as a kid growing up mm -hmm. um, that could help you with some things. Um, so, you know, I experienced those teachers that were a little bit older who were just about to retire. And then you're dealing with the, a younger group of teachers who have a different approach. Um, it might be less hands-on, but it's giving you to what Russell mentioned earlier, trying to treat you more like an adult and trying to create that, that foundation and that those guidelines to help you learn um, and learning on your own and learning and trying to teach you how to learn for yourself, right? So that's another trick that takes place with, as you go through curriculum, as you go through different levels of school, from grammar school through high school and then through college, it's that ability to learn. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, I find that professionally too, is how, how my aptitude to, to pick up something that's taking place in front of me or what what client am I talking with about what are their challenges that they have and being able to pick up on, you know, from past experiences and trying to apply that knowledge in my teachings and how I've been taught to their problems and trying to resolve those issues. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think it's a, a very, it's a very critical step that you start to develop that sort of inherent way of learning and understanding. You know, you know, I, yeah, exactly. And, you may, some people may not like what I'm about to say, what I'm going to say. I always have this sort of idea that this is what I, I, I see. Uh, you, get a, you have a school, picture a high school. It's early in the morning. Student comes to the door. The student says, meets the teacher. Hi, how are you? You want to come to school today? Yeah, I want to come to school today. I love, I love coming to school. Come on in. Next student comes in line. Hi, you want to come to school today? Welcome. Yeah, I like school, but, you know, sometimes I do my little things. I get in a little bit of trouble, but, uh, you know, I get, uh, you know, but I, I like school. Next kid gets in line. Hi, how you doing? You like school today? You want to you come in? Welcome. I can't stand this place. I don't want to be in school. I don't want to do, you know, I, I, I you know, I, I get in super trouble here. I, if I could, I'd stay home and play games or whatever. Guess what? You're not going to play games. There should be an alternative. And I'm not talking about alternative schools because I've worked in those when I was a substitute teacher. And I don't think they always were effective. I'm talking about giving somebody a chance. If that student wants to say, look, I want to go to work instead of coming at the moment to school, let them get it out of their boots. Let them go say, look, if you're not going to just walk out of this place and and not and just hang out. You're gonna go get a job, and it'll be a certain amount of time that they have to go out, look for a job. I don't care if you're working at McDonald's. I've worked in, I've flipped burgers and made sandwiches, and 
did all of that stuff. It didn't hurt anybody. So give the student that option. If he just wants to go work in in McDonald's for uh, the part of the year or whatever, let him get it out of their system. Because what's going to happen is they're going to get to see what's on the other side in real life, going and working in in society and doing, and then decide, you know what? I think I want to go back to that classroom. I worked, I worked in the, in the and I don't mind sharing this. I worked in a juvenile uh, facility, and a lot of students that or young, or young people who were in trouble that went to this facility, when they finally saw the situation they were in and how uncomfortable it was and how cold it was in the winters and we used to sleep out in the woods at this this facility and we went through the winters and the summers and the heat and they used to have to hike 50 miles and, and stuff like that. It was like the military. Some of those students realized, hey, I want to go back home. I want to I want to be good. I want to go to school where it's nice and dry and clean and pay attention to my 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 teacher. In World War II, there were a lot of young people that were in the ages, you know, 17, 18 years old. Some of them even faked their age so they could get in the military, found themselves overseas in some very horrific situations. And I've been listening to their interviews on YouTube. They've been interviewing vets and they appreciate things so much more that they had to come back home and see that they could get in a clean bed. You know, they could have a deep, they could have good food. When you have somebody that does not want to do this and they're going into the school system and they're bullying and they're acting up. I remember going in sometimes as a substitute teacher and, and there would be kids there that, that were just acting up. They were throwing paper. They were, they, they were fighting. They were doing and then when you went to the office and told the, the, the principal, look, the kid is not he's not doing what he's supposed to be doing. But they always wanted to send the kids back. And I saw that nice little quiet kid that's sitting there and their parents sent them to school. I felt so bad for them because they're sitting there, hands folded on the desk and, and, and just doing what their parents said. Just sit there and listen to what the instruction would be, whether it was your regular teacher or substitute. They were doing the right thing, but they were being harassed by somebody in there that wants to be the bully or just, you know, there's always going to be bullies, but you always have to have people there prepared to say, you're not going to be in here. You're not going to do this to this person. And uh, you should be doing something else. Come back, come back through the door when you feel that you want to come in here and sit down and study and, and focus and do what you have to do. You know, and we're not doing it that way. We're not doing it that way. We're just saying, Hey, everybody just come in, whether your behavior is bad or, or anything, and, and that's that that's not correct. It's not right. So true. We have um, you know, I think that juvenile system, juvenile education is is pretty much you know something that needs to be revisited. Um, only because you know my last stint in a juvenile facility was um was kind of eye-opening, you know, because I, I thought that uh, there was no consequence. There was no teaching. You know, it was, uh, by the time you taught anything to the student there, um, it pretty much was the end of the period, or you had to transfer to something else. But you were dealing with a lot of behaviors um, before you even dealt with the curriculum. So, But um, let me, uh, I want to, um, move forward um michael is there anything you want to 
Ed, no, no, I think I think I think we've covered. I think we've covered a lot of um, different aspects of you know how people perceive learning and how what learning actually represents today. Um, no, I'm I'm good. So, thanks. Okay. Um, I think that um, you know this this is definitely a great podcast. Um, I missed some things, but I pretty much you know got the to just what you both were talking about. I, I, um, I like these conversations amongst us because we, believe it or not, as, as, as we are friends, but we can, um, we can go into all kinds of different subject matters and, um, and actually live and learn off each other. So that's why I, I love when we come together because um, even though, um, you know, talking to you guys on a daily basis, um, or being with Russell on a radio station, you know, we, sometimes we don't get down deep enough, you know, and these podcasts allow us to talk about some things, you know? Yeah. Um, I, uh, I agree. Go ahead, Russell. And, and, and you mentioned the radio and the radio station for me, even at this stage of the game in my life, that's a, that's a learning platform for me. Uh, I'm there to learn. I'm there to, you know, make a mistake and correct it. You, you're there. I am there to do whatever I have to do to make this straight. I've learned that from the past when I, when I used to do radio, when I first started out doing radio and uh, the, the, you know, the Avenue I've always wanted to take was to do some news and I'm getting the opportunity to do the news now. And you know how it is when we're there. I think it's a, it's at this stage of the game, it's a, it's a great, it's a great place to be right now. You got to find places like that where, like what we're doing right now, you know, not everything's going to be perfect today. We had a little bit of audio problem or something, but like I told you in the beginning, Charlie, you used to worry about this. Well, what if I say this, or what if this happens? What if you press the wrong button? It's nothing to get butterflies in your stomach about. It's just basically, Mm -hmm. you know, when I first started out, man, I was dropped the radio station right in front of a show right in front of me. I was sort of in halfway in my training and someone just left me a note and said, I don't want to do this anymore. This is your show. The first day I got on the air, I was just picking up the wrong records and pressing wrong buttons. Mm-hmm. I went I went home and I had so much butterflies in my stomach. I couldn't believe it. I said, oh, everyone's going to hear that I messed up. I did this. I did that. And then I started realizing as I continued and stayed with it, wait a minute. This is a, a learning ground for me. Let me continue to do this and let me to continue to learn how to get it straight. Before you know it, I was having a ball. I was pressing buttons, you know, all kinds of with my feet and, yeah. you know, just like that. You know, I'm not going to sit there and worry about if, like I had said this before, I, you know, there were words I couldn't even say. I couldn't say congressional. I couldn't say legislature. You know, there were struggles, man, I used to have to go through. I used to rip and read, pre-record my newscast in a room. Mm. I had, uh, you know, so... So a lot of that stuff, a lot of that stuff is a learning ground. And I just, I think that people should realize, man, don't ever give up. Just keep going at it, going at it, going at it. And, um, you know, I just look at all the the things, you know, that have been successful because you didn't give up. Because you could have gave up a long time ago. Yeah, I, right, I, I, I just think uh, that radio station, um, I'm glad that, you know, Brian. We got to have, have Michael. We got to have Michael come on more. You have yeah. to interject yourself. In in these shows with all the information, you're just you're spilling so much information. I'm saying this guy, he needs to you need to get that 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 uh invite to the video coming on the show 
maybe possibly when we're doing the newscast. I know we don't want to interrupt all the music because we really want to. Charlie's laying down amazing music. We've got such, but we need to have that interject where you're there. And if we're we're reading news and all of a sudden we we're gonna cut to Michael Samayo, he's got something to say. Boom, you come on and you got a nice you got a nice story. And I I think that's important. I think that's really. I'd like really to do. Important. I'd like to do that. We should. I'd like to explore that. Sure. Okay. Sure. All right. We can. It's one thing about you know with Brian, he he allows us to be. Um, to brainstorm it allows us to do our thing you know and think about what we want to do during the show and um so yeah we got to get together whether it's a group group chat you know um nothing nothing like i don't i don't i want to make sure that we do this you know uh you know where we're talking you know not a, not a text or anything like that because it becomes miscommunication and text messages sometimes. So as long as we can get together and talk to each other on a conference call or something, or, or even set up, you know, stream yard one night, just mm-hmm. talk about it. Just prepare for the Tuesday night show. Okay. Um, and I, okay. I, I absolutely agree with you regarding the texting. A lot gets, a lot gets lost and in, misinterpreted through text. So yeah, yeah absolutely. True. Yeah. I, 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 I mean, Russell send me texts all the time, and I'm like, "What the hell is he talking about?" You know. No, I I find my I find myself in the same situation when I'm IMing somebody, then all of a sudden somebody will respond, and I'm like, "Oh, that's not what I meant." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I have to go kind of like recreate what I was trying to do or what was my what was my honorable intention. Um, so yeah, that hap- it doesn't happen a lot, but when it happens, it, I'm like, oh God, that, that's a lot. Ma- Mike, Michael, what, what I was what, trying to say. <laughs> Michael, Charlie's not, he's not understanding. I purposely sent him confusing texts just so I could throw him off. It has nothing to do with me trying to communicate with him. He's, he, right. he, he, he just, he doesn't get it. You know what I mean? You think he would get it and say, you know, what is he, what is he doing? You know, if I'm telling you that, you know. I'm on my way to the moon. What are you going to believe what I just told you or something? I don't know. Well, wait a minute. You, you started the podcast by saying you're a doctor. And then you went on to say that you don't play that piano very often. So I, you know, what? Yeah. yeah. So now you're going to throw all these smoke screens out there. We're Multi. supposed to figure out which one is true or not. It sounded like, like do, uh I like to like, do that. I like to keep, keep, keep it spinning. It's called a rope-a-dope. No, it's called multi personalities, like like that female named Sybil. You know, remember that? You know. Well, Charlie, the that. clear indication tonight was the Wilson thing that he decided yeah. that he was going to keep Wilson over his yeah. wife. Yeah, so that'll be an interesting discussion later on this evening. I would I love to wait. be a fly on the wall when that comes up. I'm really, well, I'm yeah. really dis, Michael, Michael. I'm we, really disappointed in you, a guy that we, was played basketball, wasn't thinking of Wilson. Uh, how did you do that? Listen. Well, the reason why is because I have. I have a great sense and I have a great relationship with my wife and I would never, ever put Wilson ahead of my wife. Yeah, that's so. I just wouldn't do that. One, politically, I would never do that, right? You know what? So why would would I want to interfere with and interrupt my relationship over a volleyball or anybody? I I don't believe you guys, okay? I don't believe you guys. I think you guys are telling stories. I think you would pick Wilson. No, that's not true. You know, I got a first round draft pick and so doesn't he. So, you know, why would we need Wilson uh, like six round, 
you know, Mr. Irrelevant, you know, last person in the draft. You know, we don't need that. That that was Tom Brady, but that's a think, rare occasion. You, but right, let we, me ask we you a have question. First round draft picks. We won't let need me, to. Let me alter. ask you a question. Do you think Tom Hanks would have got off that island without Wilson? It was Wilson that helped him get off the island. So really think about it. That right. enabled it, it. He helped. He helped Tom Hanks get off of that island to get back into real life so that he could meet somebody nice so you uh, guys you, tell us stories see he was already self-motivated <laughs> he just used wilson to just say hey you know wilson did <laughs> he was already self-motivated to get up oh, wilson didn't even build anything he didn't remember he, he he didn't have anybody his wife left him for somebody else and got remarried when he was on that island so it well, was I don't, Wil- I don't it was remember it was wilson that motivated him to get off of that island Hey, all those years? I, I mean, Michael's thinking uh, about it now. Look, I look at no, Michael. No, I can I, see. I, I, I'm trying. I'm trying to figure <laughs> out what was what was really Tom Hanks's motivation to get off the island, aside from self-preservation. To the deliver package. the package, package. The package. You guys right. didn't so, even right, watch the story, but, right? So that's oh so that was God. sort of his his core his core motivation what? as far as what he had been mm-hmm. taught by whatever company that was. Michael, things, right? yeah, Michael, 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 I want you to tell me what was the last scene in that movie? What was the most important scene? The last scene when when Tom Hanks got off that when he was back back home. What was the last scene that was very significant? Oh, when he turned around. Turned around what? Well, so he was standing at that that crossroads, right? So he was standing at the crossroads okay, and he turned yeah. around. And then okay, and then what happened after that? It's unknown. No, it was known. Remember the lady that came by in the truck? Yeah, but you, you're making the assumption that he went to her. We don't know that. No, but the lady that came by in the truck, yes. that was her package. No, I understand. But you're making the assumption he went to her. We don't he know that. To, he, he had to because he was delivering her package. He already he already did that. It was already delivered. And then he seen the logo on the truck. Right, right, right. So, all right, let's correct that. But he was still he still knew... That that's mm-hmm. where he was gonna go. I don't know that. Oh, me either. See, I think that's that that's the intention of the ending. It's open for interpretation. I think Tom Hanks just stood at the intersection, was just a homeless guy. He just stood there, you know. And Wilson came rolling down the street. <laughs> <laughs> so we you can know what? we can you put an what? ending to that. You guys, you guys, if you would have directed, you would have used the ping pong ball. You would have messed up the whole thing and had a ping no, pong ball. No, it would have been a basketball called Wilson or Spalding. You know, that's what it would I would have even added. I did see a podcast where, or I read somewhere about that movie, and Tom Hanks had pushed the director and trying to figure out how much time was he on the island and how quickly did his fiance marry somebody else. What was the time frame? And he thought it was a little, he thought, well, that was a bit abrupt that she that quickly turned around and married her dentist. Um, so it was, it's quite interesting him kind of talking through that and walking through the timeline because the timeline's everywhere online where you can sort of find it. And uh, <laughs> he was like, you know, we, we teased each other back and forth while we were making the movie geez, that was kind of quick that you got remarried and you're still sending out all these search planes or are, are looking everywhere for, for me. And um, that, you know, you married that particular person and it was pretty quick and you do the math on it. It is pretty fast. So it's, it's pretty interesting on how they played that out. Well, 
I think uh, I I think he was heartbroken. He's trying to mend that heart, you know. Um, but all in all, it was a good movie. Um, believe it or not, my student that I bring to school every day, every now and then he he brings up, he talks about the movie. Really? And, uh, okay. And he mentions, you know, Tom Hanks. Who's Tom Hanks, Charlie? And he's always asking me, and uh, um, you know, and he talks about Wilson. So this is crazy that we're. Russell bringing us up because it's a conversation that we have in the school bus van, you know, um, periodically, probably once a month. So, um, but uh, this was great. It's fascinating. You guys are kind of getting me in the flow of doing a podcast. Um, I set up a podcast for next week um, with a local uh, business, black owned business. Um, young lady's going to come on next Wednesday. And, um, you know, I'm glad you guys got me started and get me motivated so I can constantly put on these podcasts every week. So, um, but feel free, you know, gotta, we gotta get on the rush show, you know? Yeah. I got a, yeah, I got a, a William, William road is an artist out of Baltimore will be on the show. Most likely I go on vacation next week, so it's going to be really cool. I'll have plenty of time. It'll be sometime next week. I don't know whether it'll be at the end of the week. I think it'll maybe be Saturday or Sunday. I don't do anything in the middle of the week, but um, like I said, I I may be off somewhere doing something, but um, you'll get to meet William. He's traveled all over. He's been, God, he's been uh, California, Italy. He, He just travels around doing all these art exhibits and teaching people art, so we're going to actually go in his studio. He's going to actually be putting together something right in his studio, which is going to be cool. Awesome. All right, gentlemen. Okay. I'm going to to end with me closing the podcast on, closing the podcast off with uh, my song, but I just want to thank you. And it's an honor to be around you guys um, in life and in uh, on the podcast. So continue to, uh, being inspirational and being my good friends. I really, really appreciate you guys. So um, <laughs> until next time, next month, I like to do this again. You know, uh, I like to keep this a regular thing between us because, um, you know, it's definitely uh, something I like doing. So, uh, all right. Good all right, luck. Have Great fun. you all. And if you need Great me, you, give Martin. me a holler. All right, guys. All right, I will do that. Take care. Take care. Bye. Bye. All right, everyone. Thank you for joining me on the Really Charlie podcast. This is um, those are my two good friends, Michael Smeo and Russell J. Ramos. I'm going to try to keep on doing this between us. Um, as you've seen, the subject matter is uh, very, very, um, you know, it can go in any, many, many directions. There's so many things that I come across during podcast, um, listening to podcasts throughout the day. Um, that's the thing I do. I don't watch TV. I'm, I'm into podcasting. There's many, many subject matters, you know, from what's going on with the former president to what's going on in the school systems to a lot of things, you know, history, you know, some history that we may not have learned, um, I just recently heard something on the Seminole Indians and uh, there's some kind of settlement that's uh, 
coming into the direction of uh, that tr that tribe, and um, there's a little discrepancy, a little discussion about um, you know some of the black um, Seminoles, you know, that were down in in, in the Florida area, they're not being uh, in, uh, awarded some of that that money, that settlement money, because a lot of land was taken from them. Um, so there's been a controversy and I like to bring that up, but I got to get, uh, caught up on some of the facts and history of it. And I'm going to bring it forward to this podcast, uh, but very, very interesting that, um, Seminoles were mainly, uh, some of the black slaves that were left down South of Florida and, uh, you know, so there's a history, but I don't want to misquote anything or say some half truths, you know. All right, everyone, please, if you want to be a guest on the Really Charlie podcast, please send me an email to really charlie podcast at gmail.com, and I will definitely get back to you. If you want to be highlighted, we can do that. You want to highlight someone else, send me an email. Like I said, it's really Charlie podcast at gmail.com. And uh, we'll set up a date that you can be on the podcast. Um, I'm going to have on the podcast next week, next Wednesday, uh, Rabiana um, Dasher. She's at a local business that we're going to have her on and highlight her business with her hair products. And um, it's going to be great. It's going to be a great podcast. So. That'll be next week. All right, everyone. Have a great night. This was an extended version of the Really Charlie podcast. And um, I hope you enjoyed it. And please leave a comment. We can get back to you. All right, everyone. Take care. And we will conclude with this podcast with my favorite song from Lionel Peter Walker. It's the really Charlie podcast. Yeah, it's the really Charlie podcast. Yo, yo, it's the really Charlie podcast. Bumping to your broadcast. Grab a chair, fill the glass. Yeah, it's the really Charlie podcast. Yo, it's the really Charlie podcast. Yeah, yeah, it's the really Charlie podcast. Bumping to your broadcast. Grab a chair, fill the glass. Really Charlie Podcast, making memories last. Your time, my time, we all shine on the Really Charlie Podcast.